like I'm a little bit moody right now, but know that that's where my hormones are at, are at at this moment. And it doesn't have to be a problem. Like you can start to accept what is in the moment. Hello, creative souls. I'm Maria Ramsey. And I'm Anna Barnard, and you are listening to a very special episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. It is a very special episode, Anna, because first of all, it's episode 50, which is, that's a lot of episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty impressed with us for getting to 50 episodes. Yeah. So nicely done. And it's also a very special episode because today on the podcast, we have an interview we recorded a few weeks ago with health health coach, vocalist, and podcaster Nina Boyce. I met Nina a couple of years ago through Katie Delbout, and I had a really good time talking to her about music, among other things. And since we met, she has gone full-time with her coaching business. You might know by now that Maria and I think periods are really fascinating, and one of Nina's favorite topics is hormonal health. So we, of course, talked about the menstrual cycle. We also talked about gut health, spirituality, self-compassion, creativity, the importance of using our unique gifts, and much more. This was a really fun episode to record, and we really hope you enjoy it also. So without further ado, here's our interview with Nina. into our interview today, Anna. Could you tell me what socks you're wearing? Sure. So I'm wearing, I think I've worn these socks already on this season. We're just recycling socks. Um, But I have a pair of socks on that have lots of different flowers. They're kind of autumnal colors. And I don't really have a specific reason why I picked these today. I think I picked them because I was going to wear more toned down socks. And then I decided to wear fun ones and also they're kind of autumnal so somewhat seasonal very nice yes related to our last episode on seasonal living Mm -hmm. seasonal socks very exciting what socks are you wearing maria i'm wearing two pairs of socks today i have a purple argyle pair and then i have another pair of socks on over them they're stripy fluffy socks and the reason i'm wearing two pairs of socks is because I moved last week out of my parents' house to a new apartment, and I don't have any slippers now at my parents' apartment, but I had to come back to record to borrow my brother's mic, so I'm wearing an old pair of socks that I left here, and my feet were cold. So, extra socks today. (laughs) Very exciting. And we have a very special guest with us today, Nina Boyce. Hi. Would you like to tell us what you your socks look like? So, I think I mentioned this even before we recorded, that I never wear socks. Ever. Oh, yeah, you did. Not even in the winter. So I thought I sort of had to be true to myself, and I'm wearing moccasins, which are All right. and are acting as fuzzy socks. I have no socks. I mean, I have, like, maybe a couple pairs that are, like, ankle socks, but I just never wear them. But I'm wearing <laughs> moccasins count as socks because I wear them as my socks. So what do you do when it's cold in the winter? 
I wear moccasins. And then. Oh, okay. I guess sometimes I put socks on if I'm wearing boots. I don't know. Cool. I'm not a sock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like this. You're sharing a new perspective with us. Exactly. I never wear boring socks. Never wear. <laughs> moccasins. You're not wearing boring socks. Yeah. Yeah, so Nina, do you want to tell our audience who you are, a little bit about who Nina is? Yeah, so I am a holistic health coach, and I focus mainly on anxiety relief, hormone balance, and gut health. I got into it a few years ago when I sort of had my big body breakdown, as I like to call it. Um, So I went through a period of time where I was just stressed to the max. And I kept pushing through, pushing through. And finally, my body had decided that it wasn't going to take it anymore. And I was struggling with a host of symptoms, like from gut issues, like I said, to anxiety, to period issues. And finally, I decided after you know meeting with my doctors and not finding the answers I was looking for to sort of go on my own and dive into holistic health. And I started to feel a lot better just by like, nutrition and lifestyle and yoga, meditation, all of these things. And I decided that I was t- it was time to get my certificate because I was talking to so many people about it. So I went to the Integrative Institute for Integrative Nutrition, got my holistic health coach certification, and I've started coaching full-time in May. So not too long ago, that yeah. full-time job. I was a teacher for seven years and I quit that in May and now I'm doing coaching, podcasting and hosting events full time. Nice. That's exciting. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a really fun adventure. Yeah. All this out. So why are those your focus, the gut health and periods? Are those, is there a reason why you focus on those things specifically? Uh, yeah, the, the one reason why I focus on them the most is because I went through it myself. So Mm -hmm. I experienced what it feels like to struggle with missing periods, to struggle with cramps that are, you know, that put you like in tears at the beginning of the month. Um, and of course, in combination with all of that, when your hormones are unbalanced, if you have, if you struggle with anxiety, it's going to make it that much harder to cope with those symptoms. And that was something that I also was struggling with. So it's just because of my own story, really, that I gravitated towards those things. And as I got into holistic health, and I finished my certification, and I was researching, I'm always going to the research when it comes to these topics, I started to learn about how gut health plays a role in balancing hormones and in anxiety and mood and weight loss and all of these things. And I realized that really at the core of it, our gut is where we need to focus our attention because our gut detoxifies our body from excess hormones. Our gut communicates from, you know, our gut to our brain. So if we're struggling with brain fog or a a host of other symptoms related to hormone balance, it really goes back to why is our gut not communicating the proper information to our brain? And the more research I kept finding, I realized that I would all I could help my clients get better. But if we weren't addressing the fact that their gut was out of balance, that it wasn't going to be full healing. So I yeah, that's where the three things kind of come into play. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. I will. I feel like 
those are like the issues, like the health issues that I have been focusing on the most in like the past year. So I'm like really interested to talk to you about how they connect with each other. Yeah. You have all three too. Like the hormones are out of whack. You're pretty much and anxiety is on high. Yep. You, I mean, in, 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 it varies obviously, but my anxiety flared up, um, worse than it ever has last year. And then I've been dealing with, I've been dealing with a lot of gut health stuff for like the majority of my life, but I feel like it's kind of come to a head right now. So I'm working on that right now, but I'm curious to see if anything we talk about today will be illuminating in any way. <laughs> Questions. We can have a mini coaching session. On the podcast. Really cool with that. On my podcast, whenever we have someone on, it seems like either me or my co-host Liz end up getting like a free coaching session. Right. Yeah. Like ask me whatever. For sure. Well, and those things are all probably super related. Right. Aren't they? Oh, yeah. Like anxiety affects your gut and gut affects your mental health and hormones, like you said, kind of start in the gut, too. Yeah. It's a two way street, really, because your thoughts affect your body. I mean, everybody knows this in the simplest of terms. If you think about something that frightens you, imagine how your body reacts, right? Just by thinking about something scary, your body naturally tightens. You might feel your stomach do a flip-flop. Maybe you have a big speech going on later in the day or something that makes you nervous. And just the thought of it makes your belly flip, you know, or you get butterflies. Mm -hmm. So your thoughts, of course, affect your body and create chemical reactions in your body and affect your gut. But then at the same time, your gut has something called a microbiome, which is these trillions of bacteria that live in your gut that have a host of functions. So from, you know, stabilizing your mood, communicating to your brain, firing the proper neurotransmitters, um, making sure you feel full, absorbing your nutrients. I mean, the list goes on and on with these little trillions of bacteria do in your gut. And when those aren't in balance, it affects your brain. So it it really goes both ways. You have to switch your thoughts and work on, you know, controlling this whole, the brain and all the things that are going on up there. But you also have to help it out by balancing and nourishing your gut so that it works for you. Two way street. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we really wanted to talk to you about today is periods, Mm -hmm. because this is something that we're both really interested in. And I think we don't talk about them enough as a culture, and especially we're not educated enough. I know for myself, I didn't find out about the different phases of a menstrual cycle until like two years ago, which I think is ridiculous as someone who has had a menstrual cycle for (laughs) longer than two years. Like I should have known about that a long time ago. I know, but it's weird because we all have a period. Most of us have a period, mm-hmm. of course, if we're a woman, uh, but we don't really know much about it. And right. how often are we dreading, uh, dreading this monthly occurrence when we really should be honoring it? Because it's a really cool mm-hmm. thing that we have the ability to yeah. have a period and right. what it serves us and all of those wonderful things. Yeah, it is a really cool thing. So I'm wondering if you could kind of walk us through maybe what some of the phases are of the cycle and what, like, why is a period so cool in your opinion? Yeah, well, I will say, first off, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a hormone. I wouldn't call myself like a hormone 
expert per se, like when it comes to the really nitty gritty science behind it. But what I know is how our whole system works together and how our moods and hormones can kind of fluctuate throughout the month. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, I guess we could start like that week before your period, right? So like that week before you're about to start, um, your hormone levels are going to take a serious dip. So your estrogen and progesterone levels are going to be at their lowest point. And that's why you tend to feel pretty lethargic. Maybe if you struggle with anxiety or mood issues, you might notice that it's hard for you to feel as happy because your happy hormones are also going to be suppressed. Serotonin plays a huge role in that, right? And so when our estrogen levels are, are low, it affects our serotonin, which is our happy hormone. And so that month or that week before, you'll start to feel tired. You might have some mood issues, um, the brain fog, all of these things start to happen. And then your period hits. And that's when you might feel those terrible cramps, all of those symptoms that go along with PMS. But I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but sometimes when your period hits, like the day it hits, do you ever notice that your mood spikes or that you feel a little bit of a lift? Sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, now I'm going to like look out for it for sure. Yeah. But... yeah, you should. So at that point, as soon as that period hits, your estrogen levels start to rise again. Sure. Okay. Which then will help boost your mood. You probably, even if you have cramps, you, you'll notice that first day, if you have them really bad, it'll hit hard. But after that, they tend to decrease, right? So mm -hmm. your levels, our progesterone and estrogen start rising again, which helps you feel quite a bit better. Um, yeah. And then you go into the next phase of your cycle after that, which is, of course, ovulation. So you, well, I'm curious, like what specific questions do you have like about the cycle besides like, that's a good question. Well, I think it's really interesting just to hear you talk a little bit about like what's going on hormonally in these different parts of the cycle and like what comes after what. Yeah. Because like I do think we just hear about like when you're bleeding. You don't hear exactly. about the rest of what's right. happened, but it's a cycle. It like goes around, it goes up and down. And I do. Can I pull out my favorite book and go through some of the things for you? Because the mm -hmm. code, have either of you read it? Yeah, I have. It's brilliant. And she has um, Elisa Vitti, I believe is how you say her mm -hmm. name. She has this chapter that goes through like the very specific things that are happening within the cycle. This is a good book. That was very helpful for me to read. I think that's kind of what I think I heard her on a podcast and heard her talking about different phases of a menstrual cycle. And I was like, whoa, this is so much more interesting than I thought it was. Yeah. Well, when once you learn about your cycle and you can start to. So what I do just to take a step back. I have a calendar and I write my moods, I write my symptoms throughout the entire month. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I go back to this chapter that I'm going to show you guys here and I will make the connections between how I'm feeling and what's happening with my hormones. And it's yeah. fun. And when you know those things, like for example, when you know that your um, hormones at the beginning, you know, right before your period are at their lowest point, it's like you can give yourself a little bit of grace because you can say, right. okay. 
Like I'm a little bit moody right now, but yeah. I know that that's where my hormones are at, are at at this moment. And it doesn't have to be a problem. Like you can start to accept mm-hmm. what is in the moment. I think that was kind of the most transformational aspect of learning mm. about my cycle is like allowing myself to be more compassionate during certain times, like right before my period or right at the beginning, because it is like you can get frustrated if you're expecting your body and your mind to function exactly the same all the time. Exactly. But it's not supposed to. It's not supposed to. And in the in, you know, our society now, I think we're in such a masculine driven society and Mm -hmm. pushing and pushing and pushing. And what you learn is the woman's body isn't supposed to do that, right? Like we're not supposed to push, but there are various phases throughout your cycle when that's okay. And when your your hormones are going to be on your side when it comes to that. And yeah. So, okay. What I was talking so the first phase I was talking about, that's actually phase four. So that's like the final phase, like right when you get your period. Um, and all of those things are happening. And I'm noticing in my book, I highlighted this line that says in, this is in phase four. So like period time and mm-hmm. allowing these thoughts, these negative thoughts to make you feel overwhelmed, take advantage of this phase to identify which areas of your life need attention, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of mm. down on yourself for feeling low or feeling hormonal, depressed, anxious, like, wait a minute, what are these thoughts trying to teach me? Like, this is a time where my emotions are heightened. So what can I learn from it instead of being down and upset about it? Yeah, I really like that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like there's something like almost empowering about that too. I mean, I think a lot of times we will like apologize if we're not like exactly where we should be or if we can't be happy all the time. Like for women, it's like, oh, like you should smile more and things like that, you know? And I think there's such an empowerment with coming with like, this is how I'm supposed to be feeling right now. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Accepting it. But then our next mm-hmm. phase is, you know, the phase, the, the seven to 10 days right after our period hits. And this is where your energy is lifting and you're on high. It's like, okay, like let's get, let's get things done. Let's try new things. Um, if you are feeling like it's time for like a new workout or maybe you have a new creative idea, it's like that's the time to do it because your hormones are on the rise. You're feeling really good. Your creativity is on point. Um, and that's why most of the time, like, we're like, oh, thank God. Like now we feel. Yeah, good. right. But I think it's just one thing to remember, like those seven to 10 days after your period hits, like use that time, use that time to do you start new things and really live it up, like plan those dinner dates, right? Go out, be social. Um, The next phase is when you ovulate. So have you guys felt ovulation yet? Have you tracked? Mm -hmm. You have. Yeah. Some women, some don't. I personally do. I'm always curious if other people can tell when they're ovulating. Well, the only signal that I get is once in a while I get really severe cramps that come on very quickly and leave very quickly and they're usually more severe than my regular period cramps and now I know that that's ovulation that's like basically the signal that I get yeah same I get it on one side you usually get it on one side or the other but Mm -hmm. sometimes a little mild cramping um I don't know how graphic we're going to get into this interview, <laughs> but there are other signs that you're asking. right, right too. Um, 
and I don't know about anybody else, but I tend to get a little bit anxious around like day, day 13 and day 14 is typically when you'll ovulate that can change, of course, depending on the woman, but that's sort of what they say, day 13, day 14. I find I'll get a spike in energy and sometimes I'll feel a little bit anxious. And again, Hmm. it's because estrogen is really rising and sometimes women can be sensitive to that. So when your estrogen is really low, it can affect your mood. But when it's spiking really high, it can also affect your mood. So you just have to be mindful about it. This past month, well, to be honest, I was ovulating yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was yesterday (laughs) or the day before. And I felt a little bit of anxiety or my mind seemed really busy. And I was like, dude, what's going on? Went to my calendar and noticed I was on day 14. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And it was just a way for me to feel, I guess, a little bit relieved. Like, okay, my hormones are on the high, on the rise, and I'm ovulating. So that's what's going on. But that only lasts like a couple of days mm-hmm. for a woman. And that's obviously when, if you're trying to get pregnant, you're going to want to do your thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about like phase three, which is when you are getting prepped for your period. So phase four is when you have your period Phase three was all of the the lowering of the hormones back down, your egg releasing, your body getting prepped and ready for your period. And that's when you're really going to want to take time for yourself and realize that your body's working really, really hard and maybe you're feeling tired, maybe you're feeling sluggish and that's okay. So instead of going to that high impact class or like going on a run, maybe you do some yoga. Maybe you grab a cup of tea and some chocolate and you relax and like watch your favorite show and that's okay. And I think when it comes to phase three and phase four, it's all about being kind to yourself and accepting what is. I really like the idea of kind of working with our period and like working with what's already going on in our body instead of trying to fight it and realizing that sometimes we do need more rest and a little more we need to cut ourselves some more slack in terms of how much we can get done and how productive we can be and I think it's really helpful to notice like what times your body already wants to do yeah, those things exactly if, if you don't want to get too detailed into it you know like knowing the specific days and how many days it lasts or whatever it's really about tuning into your body and just and realizing you know how do I feel today right? Like, do I feel maybe you're having an amazing like phase three leading up to your period and you're feeling energized. Cool. You don't have to like sit on the couch with your cup of tea and your chocolate, like go out and do your thing, right? It's all about listening to your body. And I think that's, what's really cool about being a woman is we have that we have all of these changes, but let's not fight them. Like let's use them to our advantage. So something that I think of all the time, for example, in, you know, phase one where I'm, my, my hormones are rising and I'm feeling really good. I'm like, this is where I can use my creativity. This is where I should record like seven podcasts. (laughs) This is where I need to go out and make a new friend. And I'm going to be using what's intuitively inside me and like how I've been built and how I'm made to really accentuate these things that I'm doing. But at the same time, when you're on your period, for example, and you're not feeling that way, what can you do? Like, how can you use 
your superpower at that point. Maybe that's having a really deep conversation with a friend. Maybe that's pulling out your journal and meditating and deciding this is the week or these are the few days Then I'm going to get in touch with myself and I'm going to to start listening to my own intuition because my, my senses are heightened and I'm, you know, at an emotional high right now, what can I do to bring that out and to use it to my advantage, I guess. For sure. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you about the cycle. So what I I'm sure this, this does not have a straightforward answer, but what is happening when either you are missing periods or your cycle is getting really long? Mm, yeah, it's not a straightforward answer. It could be, right. it could be a multiple, multiple factors being imbalanced. So whether that is the fact that you have really high estrogen because your progesterone levels are too low or the opposite, maybe you have like really high progesterone and your estrogen levels are low. When things like that are happening in your cycle, it means that there's some sort of imbalance that needs addressed. So it's just a sign that we have to take a look at what's going on in our lifestyle. Usually stress plays a huge role in that. Nutrition, if you're not getting the proper nutrients, that also plays a huge role in the way that your cycle uh, is working, whether you have really long periods or no periods at all. And the gut, I know I keep going back to that, but your gut plays a huge role in it too. Because if you do have excess hormones that are, you know, making your cycle a little bit wonky, they're not going to be detoxified from your body if your gut isn't in tip top shape. So it's a factor of those things. And then it goes back to how do we really balance those hormones again? You can get a test done. I've done it before. Um, you just saliva test. And you can check where your levels are. If that's something that really interests you, like the science. For sure. me personally, my progesterone levels were really low, which was causing me to have high estrogen. And that was affecting my cycle. So I was missing periods. And when I would get my period, I would spot for a while. I had really bad cramps. Um, and that was my personal issue was progesterone estrogen were really off. Okay, cool. Cool. Her name is Candace Birch, I believe. I can check on that. But she's the person that I go to for my hormone testing. And she was on my podcast. Okay. She's great. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Does that help answer question? I have. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. I had another question for you about periods. So. I definitely do feel like when I'm on my period, sometimes I need to slow down. And like you said, spend some time journaling and just like being quiet and resting. But do you have any suggestions for like when you feel like you need to do those things, but you have a really packed day and like you can't schedule your life around it because you have a job or you're in school? Like, how can we work with that yeah, too. it's really hard to, it's really easy to say, you just need to relax and take and we can't just, you know, take off our jobs and run our period, even though right. in right. a perfect world, it would be something that we all would do and be as women. Yeah. <laughs> because in the, in the olden days, women used to go into these tents, like period tents together and just chill. Like it would be a time, a sacred time where they were like honored. Like, okay, here, go to your tent, like all of you, like, and 
you know, do your thing. But what I would say Mm -hmm. then is how can you balance it? So it's all about balance. And I personally, if I'm having a really rough, you know, time during my period, I have a lot of things going on. I make sure number one, that I'm really giving my body the nutrients it needs to help it. So that for me, that's B vitamins. Um, nutritional yeast is great for getting in your B vitamins. You can also take a supplement and I'm really all about getting what you need through food, but supplementation is needed sometimes. And B vitamins are a great one. It'll help with your energy. So it'll give you that extra boost you need if you're really busy and your body's sort of working against that. Magnesium. Have you guys tried magnesium? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it helps to calm the body, relax your muscles. If you get cramps before your period, magnesium is the way to go. It's amazing. Um, so I'll make sure that I'm doing magnesium every night before bed. I use the Calm supplement. It's pretty good. And there is another, a couple other supplements you can use. But Calm is just a powder. You can pour it in your drink and you can have it before bed. Yeah. So that's another one of my go-tos. Just things that are going to really help aid my body. So I'll also do some yin yoga. If I come home, I'll make sure that I've had a really busy day. So I need to lower my energy and I need to calm my body. And so I'll just do some yin yoga on YouTube. Sarah Beth Yoga, she's a great one. Yoga with Adrian, some of my favorites. So yeah, I just try and find balance. Like if I'm having a high intense day, how am I going to balance that and soften my energy at the end of it? For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's helpful. Cause like you said, we all have lives. We can't just take, take all the days off that we want. But yeah, it's like you have a busy day. So what are you going to do after it? Or what are you going to do during your day? So that's also like, what are you feeding yourself throughout the day? If you decide Mm -hmm. that, that is the time to have a ton of sugar, your body isn't going to love you. You know, it's going to, it's just going to rev it up even more. So really good, high quality fats like avocado and almond butter and things like that are going to help nourish your hormones and they're going to help sustain your energy, making sure you're getting in enough high quality protein. That's pretty much across the board, but especially during that time when your body's going to get extra support Mm -hmm. and love. This is reminding me, too, of I don't know if you know anything about this, because I know you're a singer, Nina. Someone told me once that opera singers at one point in time, like weren't they were just excused from singing when they were on their period because it was not as good for your voice or something. It's easier to injure. Have you heard that before? before. But I thought I think it is fascinating. And because I'm. I believe that our entire body is connected. Like that's my whole belief with holistic health. I would not doubt that it would affect your voice. I wish yeah. I knew the science. I only took one voice pedagogy class when I was in college because I was an ed major. I wasn't a performance major. So I only mm-hmm. took one class and I don't think they touched on it. <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> okay. But they now should I'm have. really curious. I'm going to have to ask. Like I have so many vocal performance friends. I'm going to have to ask if they notice a difference when they're on their period. Yeah, I just remember talking to one friend who's a singer, and she was like, I wish I could be excused from choir rehearsal today. My voice doesn't feel good, and I'm on my period. I wonder if it has anything to do with inflammation and just the fact that your body's working really hard. It's naturally going to be a little bit more inflamed, especially if you have things like that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's why it would affect the voice. That's interesting, because I feel like I do often tend to get more injuries and illnesses like right before right. my period and sometimes at the beginning of it. You know what that reminds me of too is another great 
supplement is uh, omega-3 fish oil. So Mm -hmm. fish oil is great for so many things, but we usually have an imbalance in our omega-3 and our omega-6, especially if you're a meat eater, you Mm -hmm. do a lot of seeds, or if you eat a lot of packaged foods that just have inflammatory oils, even if it's organic. They'll have sunflower oil, oil, safflower oil, canola oil. These are all inflammatory oils, high in omega-6. We need to balance that out with omega-3. Eating a lot Mm -hmm. of salmon and um, high-quality, not farm-raised, the opposite of farm-raised. What am I trying to think of? Wild Wild (laughs) cut. Yes. Not Um, (laughs) farm-raised. The other one. Throughout the month, really. But even that week before your period, it's like gold, right? Because it'll just help reduce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in Elisa Vitti's book, I'm going to keep referencing it because I'm telling you guys, if you struggle with hormonal issues, like this is going to be your Bible. She has a whole chapter on cycle syncing with food, which I find. Mm-hmm. That was That's fascinating. Because like we were talking about, your hormones are fluctuating throughout the month and your body's going to need different nutrients to work the way that it wants to work while those fluctuations are happening. So think about all of the food that you should be eating to help to help nourish and balance those fluctuations. So if you go to her book, it she'll give you a whole list for each part of the cycle, which is awesome. What mm-hmm. does she say? I have it open right now. I can read it to you. For the menstrual phase, like she has, you know what? For meat, she has duck and pork, which I find really interesting. I did find that part of the book was really fascinating, but sometimes she didn't explain yeah. all the like why you're supposed to eat those foods. And I was like, I don't really eat duck or pork. So I don't yeah, know. Like, so what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, you're in seafood. Yeah. She has like the whole list. Catfish, clam, crab, lobster, mussel, octopus, sardine, squid. That's also stuff I wouldn't typically eat, but food for thought. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something to think about. Yeah, I also, I want to go back to something you said earlier. I really liked how you were talking about just tuning in to what you feel like your body needs, not necessarily, like, you don't have to learn about all the details of what's going on and follow that because you feel like you should. It's really more about tuning in to what your body needs. And I think that's really important because, like, as we all know, we can tend to get too dogmatic about health and wellness and like try to follow a certain set of rules and do things the right way and the healthiest way, which usually leads to doing things a less healthy way. Yeah. I have found, and I'm very prone to doing this myself is it's so easy to go to the research all of the time. And there's so many opinions out there, like so many opinions. You'll read one person that's, that's telling you, you must be vegan. And then you'll read somebody else's opinion that says you must be paleo. And then somebody else will say, eat this on your men- when you're menstruating. And then somebody else will say, eat this. And so we can get so consumed with all of the, the research and the information that's out there. But what we have to remember is that our body is our greatest teacher. And that's really where I come from when it, when it comes to my coaching is, yeah, let's use the research. Let's use the information that's out there. But that's just a tool. That's just a tool that we can try on for size, but the ultimate test is how does your body feel? And I found it's been more of a disadvantage for me 
that I know so much sometimes because I think too much about it. And then I, and then, you know, my brain goes off and I overanalyze. (laughs) And what I really should be doing is shutting all of that off because like I said, our greatest teacher is within us. Our greatest teacher is our body. Yeah. Quieting the mind, listening to what your body needs and then going from there. But, and I'll say this to any of your listeners, that can be really hard. I mean, when people say, are you guys familiar with the intuitive eating world? A little bit. Yeah. When people mm-hmm. say, just listen to your body, just eat what your body wants. You know, people are like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what my body wants. I, I just want to eat pizza and tacos. Like people will say stuff like that. <laughs> or like, I just want to sleep and eat chocolate. Well, maybe it, like maybe you want those things but if you did those things all of the time your body wouldn't react in a positive way right and so it takes practice so right now if you're hearing this and you're saying well that's all great in theory but i don't know how to practice that in my own life it's about finding times within your day where you're going to choose to shut off the noise and to put you know the research away and listen to what your body wants you could even go right after this podcast Find a seat for five minutes and just feel how, how do, how does my body feel? Do a body scan. What's going on in my mind? Are my shoulders tense? How does my belly feel? Is it upset? Like how often do we not even think about the sensations in our stomach? Like how's your belly feeling throughout the day, right? How are your legs feeling? Mm -hmm. How are my feet feeling? And the more you practice those things, the easier it's going to be to, to realize yeah, like I feel stressed today. I think I need some some magnesium calm and I think I need to just take a rest. Or I'm feeling great today. Let's go on that five mile run. Right? Like the more mm-hmm. easier mm-hmm. and more automatic it is to know how your body's feeling. Yeah. And I think that can be challenging, like you said, especially if we're not mm-hmm. used to it. Yeah. To even take that time to slow down and listen. Yeah, and I noticed it wasn't until I it wasn't until my body did the big body breakdown moment that I started to talk about earlier where I, my anxiety was on high. I barely had an appetite. I was missing my period. Like all of these things were happening. It forced me to listen to my body. It forced me to change my lifestyle and change what I was doing. It wasn't until that moment that I began practicing mindfulness and tuning into my body, but I can't go back now because once you do it and once you realize how important it is. And once you kind of grow your awareness, your body awareness, you realize how, how cool it is to be in tune with what's going on. Um, but take baby steps. Like it doesn't, you don't all of a sudden have to be meditating for 20 minutes or doing yoga for an hour every day to get in into your body. It could be as little as like choosing to be mindful when you're eating your meal. What does your meal smell like? What does it taste like? How does your body feel eating it? Or like you're going on a walk. What are the colors of the trees? How does the air feel on my face? You can start doing these mindfulness activities while you're living everyday life. And then once you start feeling more comfortable, yeah, try a seated meditation or try going to yoga or whatever it may be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to um, I was gonna ask. So we've talked about kind of optimizing our cycle um, in ways that will kind of honor what's going on in our bodies. Um, And we, Maria and I both focus a lot on the idea of creativity. Um, And so 
how can we maybe use our cycle to maximize creative juices in our life? I know we've talked about this a little bit, um, but especially I know you are a vocalist and that obviously taps into your creative side and the, how do you kind of find these things intersecting with each other? I guess when, and it goes back to like my feeling body, but mm-hmm. I know I can feel when I'm going to get a creative hit. I don't know if you guys feel that way too, but it's this like sensation in my body or my brain kind of feels like it's firing really quickly. And usually it, I'm telling you it's tied to that phase of my cycle, like that first phase of my cycle where my hormones are rising and all of that's going on. But I try and make time for it. So that's okay. really difficult when you're working a full-time job. I know, I mean, I worked a full-time job for seven years and I started health coaching. Um, let's see, I started podcasting two years in or two years ago. So I was doing both things. I was working a full-time job. I was podcasting. I was getting my certificate. I was starting to take clients. I had to prioritize the time and make it important. So if I was feeling creative, okay, after work today, I'm going to try to write a blog. After work today, I'm going to, you know, be really into this podcast. I'm going to jot down questions, whatever the case may be. I would even take time during the workday if I had a like a break between classes and I had an intuitive hit or a creative hit, I would find time to write it down and save it for later. So to me, I don't know if this answers your question, but it's like when you have those phases in your cycle that are going to help you be more creative, take the time to really go for it and take the time mm-hmm. to do that. For sure. Yeah. That's really helpful because I definitely sometimes feel like, like you said, I can feel when I have a, some creative inspiration coming, but sometimes I feel like I'm too busy to take advantage of it to like make use of it. Um, so I think that is really helpful to be reminded that that's something that we need to just make time for and really block out the time for. I think for. that is where life happens. If I'm being yeah, <laughs> creativity is where life happens. And a lot of times people will say to me, well, I'm not creative. I don't think that's true. I think everybody's oh, yeah. creativity doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're a singer. It doesn't mean you are an artist. I can't draw at all. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't mean you <laughs> tell stories like being creative can be whatever that means to you. It's always something that lights you up and it makes you feel really good. And most of the time we cycle that most of the time that comes last, right? Like all this other yeah. stuff to do and the creative stuff is going to come last or we're so busy that we don't even allow the creative stuff to come in. And that's why people think that they're not creative right. they have ideas. You don't have yeah, busy. So true. You have to stop your mind. You have to get into your feeling body, get out of the thinking mind and into your feeling body. And how often a day do we actually do that? Yeah. So people very rarely find the time and it starts with doing things that light you up. So what is that? Pick one thing. And if you don't know, start experimenting, be like, maybe this will make me happy. Maybe this will light me up. Start trying it. And eventually, eventually you'll get that spark. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, our podcast sort of focuses on the relationship between creativity and wellness. And that's one of the reasons I think that that intersection is so fascinating because I do think creativity gets 
relegated to the it's like the last priority because it seems less essential than some other things in our lives. But I think it really is essential for our wellness and just for our like being as I mean, a person. I am definitely I'm a very spiritual person, like when it comes to the universal sense and believing my guides are always around me. Like I'm kind of when it comes mm-hmm. to that. And I found that the, my personal belief is the reason we're here is to use our gifts, what, whatever those are, there are creative gifts and use them to better like humanity, you know, like we're here to use our gifts and to serve and whatever that means to you. But when we're not doing that, it's, we have an emptiness. And I, a lot of us mm. are around with this emptiness. Like I, it happens to me all the time where I feel this sort of emptiness. I'm like, what's going on? It usually means that I'm not using my gifts or that I've put too many eggs in the work basket, or I put too many eggs in like the hustle basket. And I'm not, I'm not divvying it up. And so when you start to feel that sort of emptiness or like, why am I here? It's because like you said, creativity and that, that sort of enjoyment, that's essential to our well-being. It's part of who we are. We weren't meant just to work and make money and have nice things. Like we all want these things, but that's not why we're here on this planet. Those are wonderful. But we have to fill our cup in other ways. And that's where creativity comes into play for me. For sure. Yeah. And I also think like the more, this is something I've been thinking about recently, but I think the more we can, like you said, kind of better the world in ways that are also creatively fulfilling to us, I think the more successful we're going to be at bettering Mm -hmm. the world. Because you're going to be doing something that lights you up and that you love. And that's infectious. Other people can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. The world doesn't need more people that are working their butts off. And like, (laughs) you know, right. We don't need more masculine energy. And this isn't saying like boy, girl, you know, male, female. It's just saying like that masculine go, go, go check list energy. The world needs more feminine energy because that's where we connect. That's where we help. That's where we nurture. And we can obviously see that we're in a phase of life that we're all calling for more of that. We're all calling for more of that feminine, in tune, juicy, intuitive, healing powers and qualities. And you guys know, I'm sure because you're into the wellness world, but when you are are surrounded by people that are, are promoting that or that are sharing that piece of themselves, don't you just feel so good? (laughs) You're like, this feels Mm -hmm. nice. Like this feels, I like this. (laughs) Yeah. Because we're craving it because we need it. So my biggest piece of advice is like, don't hold that back. Don't hold that back. Make it a priority to find it. And I'm not telling everybody, I know a lot of times people are like, I can't just like quit my job and like go draw in the forest. Like it's not, that's not what <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> I want to draw in the forest. Just finding that balance and making it a priority. And the more you do that, maybe that'll make a shift in your life. Like for me, it did. For me, that meant quitting my full-time job and going into this line of work that I'm really passionate about. But it also might mean that you just like add a little bit more enjoyment into your daily life and that's perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love talking about, uh, 
like creativity in regards to spirituality and things like that. Um, and this has been super on my mind recently because I'm in a feminist theology class right now. And we Ooh, talked, it's awesome. Yeah. And we talk so much about this kind of stuff. Um, but I think that idea of our, our um, kind of purpose is to produce things and share what we're good at. That creative aspect is so I think it also is just reflected in the rest of the world too. Like nature is constantly like creating things and producing. And if you think of like, if you do believe in God or a higher power, like the nature that many people associate with God is, is of creativity. And so I think that's just such a good thing to recognize and remember. And I think it really Again, like the idea of people who are like, no, I'm not creative. Like that's not a part of my personality or whatever. I mean, creativity is something we can always tap into. Like it can be part of your lifestyle. And I just think that's, that's so cool. Well, think about, this is what I help my clients realize if they say that they, sorry, let me say that again. <laughs> if they say that to me, um, think about yourself as a child, right? That's the best way yeah. to into your creative and intuitive nature, we are born with it. We're born with this ability to create and to be imaginative and to, you know, drop the inhibitions and just do whatever, you know, that's you know, what we're feeling. It isn't until we get older and we start, you know, meeting other people in the world or maybe a parent says something to us or a teacher or another kid, we slowly start shutting it off. And that's a protective, you know, it's, it's, we're trying to protect ourselves, right? So we don't want people to make fun of us. We don't want to feel like the oddball. And then we also go to school and we learn that we need to do these things. And our parents tell us we need to get a good job so that we can be successful. And these are all nice things, again, because parents and education, they want you to succeed in life and, you know, be happy. But we just, we slowly start shutting off that creative part of us. So as long as you can remember that it's there and it's, it's your natural born gift and it's going to take a, some work to re-tap into it. Um, it gives you some hope that you will be able to. You just have yeah. to find something. But yeah. I want to comment on something you said earlier. Sorry to interrupt. but like, Oh, you're good. With the seasons and the universe and all of that stuff, going back to our cycle, isn't it interesting that the seasons have a cycle and the moon has a cycle and the moon have a mm -hmm. cycle? Um, I don't know about you guys, but my period is now synced up with the moon. So sometime recently I'll get my period on the new moon and then I don't know if I'm ovulating on the full moon. Yeah, I pretty much am because it's the full moon coming up and I had just, mm -hmm. um, and I've like been on the cycle where I'm on my period on the full moon and that means different things. You can research it. It's really cool when you're ovulating or when you're on your period, whether it's on the new moon or the full moon. But yeah, like we go on a 28 day cycle, like the moon. How cool is that? That's yeah. so cool. If you're yeah. your period on the new moon or the full moon, that isn't a good or bad thing. It's just really cool <laughs> to do because you're like, yeah, I'm synced up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like a little added mm -hmm. extra inside joke with the universe. Exactly. <laughs> and, the, and the universe and... The nature, it doesn't fight the cycle. Have you ever thought about that? Mm -hmm. When it's time for the leaves to fall, the, the trees don't like hold on to the leaves for dear life. They're like, it's time. It's time yeah. for the to fall. It's time for me to get quiet. It's time for the world to slow down. It's time for, you know, everybody to cozy up. And then once it's summer again, think about that like your cycle. 
right? Okay, now it's summer. Let's get new life. Let's start like revving it up. Let's do new things. Let's be creative. So we need to follow nature. Nature does cycles and women do cycles. Yeah. Well, this is making me wonder. Um, we've talked so much about like, I feel like there's kind of a tension almost between our lifestyles and then all these other cycles that are going on and the fast paced society we live in. And it makes me wonder if the kind of the fast paced culture that we have is going to at all ease up in the next few decades as we get more, I think there's more people acknowledging these, these cycles and be more interested in holistic health and things like that. And it makes me wonder if things are going to change at all. And I'm not sure, but I it's interesting because I believe that we're in a season of awakening and that yeah. I'm super hippy dippy and <laughs> I love my um, Rebecca Campbell. If you guys don't read Rebecca Campbell, she has two <laughs> books, um, Light is the New Black and Rise Sister Rise. Both of them are phenomenal if you're into everything we're talking about. She goes a lot into the history of the woman. She talks a lot about our connection with the cycle and the moon and that we're in a season of awakening. And the more of us that are sharing things, doing podcasts, writing blogs, doing coaching, or just having conversations, it's going to keep spreading. And it's a feeling, right? Like we talked right. about here, you feel in alignment. You feel so connected to, to whatever purpose whatever your purpose is when you're talking about these things. And I think it has to spread. I don't think we can keep living the life we're living. We need to have more feminine energy um, in the mix or like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. Like the world is not going to go on the way it should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I just got chills while you were talking. I got really excited. Guys, this is why I love having yeah. conversations like this because it gives me hope that that you're right, yeah. that things are shifting and things are happening. Um, by the way, if you are into Rebecca Campbell and her books, I highly encourage you to get her Oracle deck. And it's, I mean, it's just a really fun way mm. to, again, connect to your intuition and to tune into your body. Have you, have you guys used like tarot or Oracle cards before? Maria has more than I have. I've yeah. used a little bit. They're just really. Well, do you have Anna, you have that Oracle deck that your mom also gave me for right. Christmas yeah, last year, right? Yeah. I have like a right? self care or a uh, tarot deck essentially. Yeah. 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 That one is nice. I've experimented with tarot also and I do find it a, it's a good tool for connecting with my intuition. Yeah, like all you of said. these things are just tools, right? Like podcasts, right? Books, yeah, nutrition, following like the cycles of the moon. Like they're all just tools. You just have to find the one that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I guess just to wrap everything up, I would say it really doesn't matter. And I know we've touched on this in the podcast, but it really doesn't matter if you know the science and the nitty gritty of your cycle and like what's happening with your estrogen and progesterone levels and blah, 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 blah. None of that really matters. It all comes down to really developing this core belief that you are, this is going to sound cheesy, but that you are perfect just the way that you are. So no matter what you're feeling, where your mood is, these are all just signs and we can change, you know, like we can decide that right now, the way that our mood is feeling with our period is not making us happy. It's not. So what are we going to do about it then? Right. And, and listening to your body and 
balancing high energy and low energy and nourishing your body really well. That's really what it comes down to is like listening and nourishing and balancing. And if you're doing those three things, then, then you'll be in the right place. For sure. Mm. I really like how you put that. So do you have any recommendations for anything you've been enjoying lately? Could be in any category. Anything I've been enjoying. Well, I've been really into the whole tarot card and crystal thing recently. Yeah. Do you have a favorite tarot Um, deck? I I really like Rebecca Campbell's deck, and I can't think of what it's called off the Mm -hmm. top of my head. But if you just search, I think it's like probably light is the new black or something like that oracle deck. And then the other one I have is called the good tarot. I really like that one. Those are the two that I mm-hmm. use when I give tarot readings. Um, so yeah, I've been into that. And then I'm also reading a new book that you might have read, Maria. Were you at the Good Fest, Anna? No, I was not. Okay. So her, um, oh, I can't believe her name is missing me. She was the one that talked about astrology. Ruby yeah. Warrington? She- new book yeah material girl mystical world material girl mystic world one of the two i'm really into that right now so i'm just very i'm mm-hmm. very like feminine and juicy and intuitive and i'm all into <laughs> cards and mystic books and crystals and i saged my apartment last night and all things <laughs> yeah yeah i liked ruby's book a lot i thought mm-hmm. it was like a really grounded approach to a lot of these kind of mm-hmm. mystical topics I just really like the way she presented it. I haven't finished it yet. Did you finish it? Yeah, I did. So that might be good. I'm just sort of piecing it together every night. I'll get up and read a few pages and put it down. I read it on the plane a couple days Mm -hmm. ago. Um, But yeah, so those are sort of the resources that I'm into right now. So tarot cards, mystic books, crystals, all that. Very cool. Cool. And so we also want to ask you, part of so basically our philosophy behind never wear boring socks is the idea of finding joy in the really little things and taking small actions every day that can kind of mix things up and we're wondering if that aligns with with your beliefs as well and if you have any thoughts on that just switching it up and and adding some excitement to your life yeah, it's like wearing yeah. fun socks. Oh my socks. god, and I'm the worst because I started the podcast with like, I'm wearing moccasins. I, <laughs> no, I love I it. I should have, but no, I completely agree because that's where this whole conversation about creativity comes from. You have right. to, you absolutely have to, to keep evolving and to keep growing your awareness. If you're stuck in the same routine and you're doing the same things every single day over and over again, you're never going to get that that spark of creativity that we've talked about or that that thing that lights you up um so you you have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to do crazy things and whether that's wearing crazy socks or i don't know going skydiving (laughs) you don't even have to do anything that crazy or something in between maybe (laughs) socks and skydiving whatever that's for you Um, yeah you have to do those things because that's really where where life happens yeah and then if people want to connect with you on the internet, where could they find you? They can you? find me on my blog, my website, which is Nourished with Nina. That's Nourished E-D. A lot of people think I just say Nourish, but there is an E-D on there. NourishedWithNina.com. And then I'm very active on Instagram as well. So at Nourished with Nina on Instagram. And 
you can find all of my coaching programs or if you want to schedule a tarot card reading or if you're in Columbus, I have a ton of events too in the area. And of course, my podcast. How can I forget? And your podcast, I have a podcast yeah. With my best friend Liz. It's called Finding Your Shine. And we talk a lot about the same things we're talking about today. So, interviewing experts in the wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, career, all of the things world. You can find us there too. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nina. Yeah. This was really fun. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I love talking about all of this stuff. I know we didn't focus like highly on the menstrual cycle. I feel like we got into all of the subtopics, but. But it was oh, yeah. fascinating. So cool. Well, thank you guys so much. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, thank Welcome. you. so much for listening to never wear boring socks this week and as always you can find show notes and links to everything we talked about at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash zero five zero and Catherine is spelled k-a-t-h-a-r-i-n-e thank you to ben ramsey the cheese beast for his audio editing and his help with our theme song and thank you to martha barnard for her mandolin stylings And a huge thank you to Nina Boyce for joining us on this episode. If you liked what you heard, please let us know. You can get in touch with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Never Wear Boring Socks and on Twitter at No Boring Socks. And you can shoot us an email. Um, Our email address is NeverWearBoringSocks at gmail.com. And also, please let Nina know what you thought of this episode. I'm sure she would love to hear what you thought as well. You can also subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review and rating, which would be very much appreciated. We will talk to you next week with an episode on holiday gifting. And until then, never wear boring socks.